Hey family, welcome to the Recalibrate podcast. It's your host Esther Glory and this is a new episode. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is the season three finale. We have been journeying through what it means to hear God's voice, how to build a life that hosts the voice of God extremely well. Um, And we are coming to the season finale um, of this season because um, we've been going for a while actually. Um, And one of the things that I've been speaking to you guys about, especially in like the random musings and even in some of the episodes has been about rest. And so I'm going to take my own advice. I'm going to um, listen to what I've been sharing with you guys. And I'm just going to take a moment um, because there are some amazing things that are going to be coming out in season four of the podcast. Um, As you know, I've already shared with you, we'll be coming to YouTube as well. Um, We'll be opening up a Patreon to do more intimate uh, sessions and lives and things like that with our Recalibrate community from around the world. And so I really want to take time to plan, to prepare, um, to build a team and to do all of the things that we need to do in order to prepare for you guys um, with all the amazing groundbreaking things we're going to do with season four. And so um, before this break, I wanted to give you guys a chunky episode, an episode full of all of the information from some of the questions that you all have asked throughout this season and throughout the podcast. Um, so I'm going to do, it's going to be a bit of a Q&A, but it's also going to be giving over principles for prophetic administration, which I promised would be the last uh, episode of this season, um, because I believe that um, it is important to hear God, um, but that isn't where the work ends. That's actually where the work begins and not work in terms of arduous um, tasks, but I'm talking about what we then have to do, how we then administrate what God has shared with each and every single one of us. Because the the whole point is not just to listen, it's to obey, it's to move, it's to be guided, be instructed by, to navigate life by, to um, give life and breath to the things that God has shared with us. And so in order to do that, there are some really key principles uh, that we need to pay attention to. And that's what I want to share with you guys in this episode. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be chatty. It's also going to be very content heavy. Um, so either listen back to it and take your notes or, or grab a notepad on your phone, a, a notepad and pen, whatever you choose to, to choose to do. Wow, English. Whatever you choose to do. Uh, make sure that you grab some notes from this. And also some of the stuff that I'm giving you um, in this episode will be part of the six-week masterclass on building a prophetic life. Um, And just to give you guys a heads up, what we're thinking of doing is um, rather than doing this one-time round live and then having to keep um, onboarding new students for the masterclass each time we want to repeat it. Um, We're thinking of recording all six of the sessions um, that I have prepared with their presentations, the workbooks, the worksheets and the one-to-one consultations um, as well. Well, obviously recording those things and then putting them up for you guys to be able to actually purchase the entire experience and then get your one-to-one consultation after that as well. Um, So, Uh, 
um, we'll get back to you. But if you want to, you can still sign up um, and then um, you will receive all of the information. Even if you signed up previously, you're going to still receive the information um, of when those uh, live sessions are available to purchase on the website. Um, so, yeah, let me give you guys the church announcements. <laughs> um, this isn't a church, but obviously let me give you guys the announcements for um, this the close of this season so that we know how to navigate the next season. I think one of the random musings I've given um, in the podcast is how it matters how you close one season and how you open another. Um, so I'm going to give you guys all the information that you need as part of our community so that while we're on our hiatus or our break before season four, you're not bored. You're not like, oh, what's happening to recalibrate or um, kind of just not feeling it. Do you know what I mean? So I'm going to give you guys some, 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 some of the spiel, some of the tea. Um, so yeah, basically, um, what we're going to be doing, um, on YouTube is posting some of the, uh, throwback episodes. So all the way back to season one, some of those episodes will be going live on YouTube, um, so that you'll be able to access those. Um, we will also be, um, pushing some of our content from some of the things that you guys actually haven't seen yet. So, um, at some point I was recording the recalibrate talks. Um, and so, it was meant to be a uh, for our IGTV, but that will be going on our uh, YouTube as well. And you'll be able to access it on YouTube or also through our website, www.recalibrateuk.com. Um, so make sure that you are checking the website regularly for updates and our Instagram as well, um, because there's going to be content coming out even while we're on our hiatus. And I may be doing some Instagram lives as well while we're on the break. Um, so keep your eyes peeled. If you haven't already, go to the link in the show notes for Instagram and just go and follow, like, share, um, and um, feel free to like DM us and stuff as well. Most of you guys um, DM and comment on things um, on our Instagram and it's great to engage in personal conversation with each and every single one of you on there as well. Um, So make sure that you do that. As you know, for a while now, we've been saying that we're trying to build a team, but we are now actually calling. So um, the roles that are currently available are for a personal assistant. Um, Now, this will mostly be virtual. It will literally just be um, the admin portion of the podcast and um, also making sure that like all of our partnerships and our work and even our in-house team are all good and ready at all times um, and managing just the schedule of the podcast and things like that. And also Recalibrate is going to be expanding next year um, from just a podcast into some other things. And so um, having a personal assistant would be great. Um, So please feel free to email and show your interest either on our Instagram or feel free to email recalibrateuk um, at gmail.com and we will get back to you uh, within within 24 hours. Um, but yeah, feel free to email if that's something you would like to do. It's not full time. It's literally a couple of hours a week, um, probably one day a week for about two hours um, just to do some admin tasks and things like that for the podcast. That would be great. Um, Same thing. We're looking for content creators and we're also looking for social media managers um, as well. And it would be great also to have a resource manager. um, So you'll be managing. So if you decide to uh, onboard as a resource manager, 
Um, it will kind of just be building strategy um, for our e-commerce store on the website where we will be sharing um, loads more um in terms of resources, so books, devotionals, worksheets, actual merch and products that will be coming out on the website, um, you will be in charge of handling and pushing uh, the sales of that. So um, it, all of these roles are literally a couple of hours a week. Whenever you're free, um, we can just jump on Zoom and have meetings. Uh, they are remote. You do not have to live in in the same city as me. Um, they are remote and you can um, just shoot us an email um, and we'll give you all the information that you need job descriptions as well feel free to send an email and we'll get those through to you um, as well but our team is going to be um, in 2022 our team is going to be our priority Um, we won't just be pushing you won't just be pushing recalibrate stuff but we'll actually be pushing you into your own purpose as well so it will be a process of um, you becoming mentoring uh, becoming uh, pushing you in your own endeavors there'll be training there'll be development there'll be programs um all within your own schedule um but we'll be um making sure that each and every single one of our team members is living in their God-given purpose as well. So please make sure um, that you uh, email if you want to be a part of a team that focuses on your development um, as well as uh, the role and what needs to be done within Recalibrate as well. Because I believe uh, when you develop holistically a person, uh, the goals will be met, uh, the tasks will be done, and you'll build somebody who can go on and grow in their own things. Um, and yeah, that is what we are about. Um, so please feel free to send us an email if you are interested. You don't have to be in even in the same time zone as me. Some of you are are streaming from Asia, some of you are streaming from Africa, some of you are streaming from America, wherever you are, if you feel like you want to be connected to what we're doing and building here at Recalibrate, then please feel free to do that. We're we're building a community of people um, who love hearing God's voice, who hear him for themselves and are able to live a life led by the wisdom of God. But not only that, who want to be a part of what God is doing through Recalibrate in um, in being able to equip and teach other people how to hear God's voice. Um, the, the main aim of Recalibrate is that people hear him and something, transformation happens in their own internal lives where they can begin to grow and impact others uh, through their journeys of growth as well. Um, but our main thing is that everyone hears his voice um, and just making that um, our our sole focus. If everyone hears him, if everyone knows what to do with what he shares with them, uh, then the world will definitely ch- be changed forever. And so if you want to be a part of what we, how we do that, we do that through this podcast. We do that through our masterclasses. We do that through our coaching programs. We do that. We'll be doing that through mentoring. We currently are mentoring and we've just completed one of our pilot programs, um, but we are still continuing to onboard more mentees. So if you would like to be mentored, feel free to shoot an email over as well. Um, but we're doing that through all of these things. Um, and then next year we'll be taking it a whole step further. Um, so make sure that you, um, yeah, you get involved guys. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's it. That's it about our teams and what we're going to be doing during our break. Um, but yeah, guys, if at all you have been blessed, impacted by recalibrate, then I want to hear your testimonies as well. I have, um, 
been so encouraged by the rich testimonies that have um, been sent over to me um, throughout the course of the podcast, right from season one. Um, And I've had some people just find out about the podcast and start listening from season one and um, just hearing how um, episodes that I don't even remember the full details of and having to go back and listen to it, uh, listening and hearing how it has impacted you um, has been so phenomenal. If you want to write testimonials and rate the podcast and review it on the podcast streaming platform of your choice that's fine please feel free to send emails written emails if you would like to send a voice recording um, that we can chuck into an episode and actually post that would be amazing as well but I really want to hear um, what how it's impacted you and what you've gotten out of it and your genuine feedback on the podcast because um, I am sharing what God has given me and is giving me week to week. But also this is for you guys. This is to make sure that we as a community, um, which I've been saying from the beginning, we are a community podcast. We as a community are growing, are developing and our lives are being transformed uh, from the inside out. And so um, yeah, please feel free to send over your testimonials as well. Um, a lot of you have asked if there's ways that you can sow into what we're doing uh, at Recalibrate, if you can be a part of what we're building. Um, if you haven't already, then please feel free to go to www.recalibrateuk.com forward slash resources and you can grab absolutely every single one of our resources that we've posted online so far. Um, uh, During our hiatus um, on the resources page, we will be posting a few free worksheets um, that you can use in terms of teaching people uh, to learn God's voice and the way that he speaks to them. There are a few free worksheets that will be going live during the break. So stay tuned for those. Um, But all of the other ones that are already available to purchase are 30-day devotional called More, More in God, More in You, More for You to Do in the World is available um, on the website. Um, Our masterclass from the beginning of this year on how to plan a, a year where you transform holistically and meet your goals, not just goal oriented, um, is available to purchase. The full experience replays and the workbook are available to purchase on our website. And also the workbook from that masterclass on how to plan your year is also available with the questions and the prompts that you need to be able to plan your new year. 2022 is not that far away. Um, so make sure that you uh, grab a hold of any of those products as well. But also feel free to give, to donate on um our PayPal. Um, The link is in our bio and it will also be um, on our website. So if you're looking for the link, please feel free to just go to either my personal Instagram page at glorio underscore um, or go to the recalibrate page. Either way, uh, the link to be able to to sow and to donate into what we're doing will be available there as well. So yeah, guys, those are all our announcements. I believe if I remember any more, then I'll share them with you. Um, But for now, we're going to dive headfirst into this week's episode. Um, This week's episode is going to be all about prophetic administration. I'm going to give you the good, good on... um, prophetic administration and now sometimes people hear that and we just attribute that um, kind of just to when God speaks to you his inspired word either through a person or directly to you and sometimes we just kind of I've spoken about it I think in last week's episode as well which doesn't negate its importance but last week I spoke about uh, revelation interpretation application 
which is a great way um, to uh, administrate prophetic words. But it's not just about the prophetic word. It's about your prophetic life. How do I make this a lifestyle? How do I make this something that I am living consistently? And that's what we're going to journey through in today's episode. But I am not going to do that without giving you um, the random musing of my heart. So um, I went to brunch uh, with one of my friends and we were having a conversation just about our testimonies, our journeys. And I, I was I absolutely loved that whole day out. Um, And I was just kind of journeying through my own journey in my mind. I was thinking about the most challenging parts, but also thinking about the greater parts of that journey, of my personal journey, my story, my testimony. Um, Some of you may know bits and pieces. Some of you from social media may have heard some portions of my testimonies. And um, season four is going to be a bit more vulnerable. I know that you guys know transparency. Um, in in these episodes, I've shared with you guys um, that one of my biggest things has been uh, learning to grow in vulnerability. And so season four is going to be way more vulnerable. It's going to be a lot more um, I'm going to be a lot more open about parts of my journey because season four is going to be how we tie faith and life together. Um, It's going to be talking about the idea that my faith should be the central part of my life. My what I believe should be the central portion of my life. It should stain pretty much every area of my life. Everything should be influenced by what I believe about God, about myself in God, about his word and things like that. And I feel like sometimes there can be a disconnect, especially with topics that we as believers have made like gray areas. Um, We're going to talk very candidly. And that doesn't necessarily mean that um, even when I bring guests on and things like that, it may not necessarily mean that we'll agree on every area, but what it will be will be an open platform for conversation in how my faith impacts the rest of my life. Um, and I'm going to speak about some really, really deep topics. I'm going to talk about grief. I'm going to talk about trauma, childhood traumas. I'm going to talk about um what to do when you feel like you've backslidden, what to do when you're in front-facing ministry, feeling like you are you are backslidden, what to do in um what to do in relationships, in friendships, hard conversations. How do you have those with friends, with romantic partners? Uh, we're going to talk about failed relationships, broken relationships. We're going to talk about the soul. We're going to talk about depression. We're going to talk about an- anxiety, fear. We're going to talk about um, this hasn't happened personally to me, but I do want to have conversations about what to do when you have a family member with an addiction or whether it be substance, whatever it may be, we're going to have really hard conversations and, um, even broken promises, things like that. We're going to talk about a bunch of different things and I'm going to be more open. I'm going to bring people on who will be vulnerable and who will share um, really great information on how to steward your faith um, where you may not be able to see um, what you may not be able to see um, God's hand in it, but how to consistently steward your faith um, even when life, when life lifes. Okay. Um, And so why was I saying this? I was saying this because um, I'm going to be more vulnerable is what I'm trying to say in season four. But um, yeah, sorry, journey. So we're thinking about our journeys at this brunch, right? 
Um, And I think one of the things that began to become apparent to me while I was thinking about it is that the greatest attack on my faith that I've ever had or the greatest uh, the greatest battle in my journey has been to believe that God is good. Now, hey, 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 stop right there. Before you super saints want to drag me, uh, give me a black eye, put me in the back of a van, chill out, okay? I believe in Jesus. He saved me, okay? He's great. He's good, okay? He's been good to me, kind to me even. So chill out. Like, I felt the heat rise in the room. Chill out, guys. Um, So the reason I say that, uh, let me say more on that. Uh, The reason I say that is because um, if you know part or portion of my story, um, what has come up a lot is the idea that uh, God isn't good or I've had to go through really hard things or experience things that um, people my age may never have to experience or people, some people who are double, triple my age may never have seen these things, but I've had to experience them. And so, and it's not even from a victim mentality, like woe is me. No, not at all. It's actually just the idea that I am aware that some of the things I have experienced are not normal. Um, even while preparing to record today, I literally have spent the whole day getting myself to a space where I can speak to you guys and genuinely be okay. Um, and not because like, like life is terribly wrong, but it's just because um, life is lifing, okay? And real life is happening. And so sometimes even to get to my responsibilities, even sometimes to get to purpose and to assignments and sometimes even to get to uh, what needs to be done, tasks or goals or work, whatever it may be, my responsibilities, whatever they may be, uh, sometimes it takes me getting to them. I love the Lord and I love what he's called me to do. It still sometimes can be hard to do that when life is lifing. And so uh, what's the random musing you may be asking? The random musing from me to you guys for this episode is that um, the enemy's biggest thing will be to try and deceive you out of who God is and his nature, his character. And his character will always be consistent with who he is. With God's character will always be consistent with who God is. And sometimes the enemy makes us think that it's okay to have a distorted view. And what begins to happen is when we have a distorted view, we not only have the view, we live out of that perspective. And I think that it's so important that we, especially people who believe in God, know his true character, but not only know his true character, we assess every view, perspective or mindset that we have by what we know to be true about him and we stand by it. I think for me, as I was in that conversation, I even remember saying it to my friend, I remember saying that I really struggle holding on to the thought that God is good because what I have seen educates me that disappointment when I believe in God is the norm, which is actually untrue. 
most times than not, if I look at my story, my journey, I realize that God has actually answered my prayers. He's not taken the route I've always desired, but he's always answered my prayers. And not only has he answered my prayers, even the things I didn't know to pray, he's addressed. Um, I remember speaking to one of my other friends and we're having a conversation about um, the fact that sometimes when things happen, we are waiting for one piece of fruit to drop like okay I prayed for an apple give me an apple but what God then will do is start telling us things like dig up this particular area of the soil and plant an apple seed and germinate uh, and as it germinates begin to water the plant begin to make sure that that area of of soil is good ground, make it remain um, a place conducive for growth and watch it grow and study its growth and observe its growth and let it become an apple tree. And now here you have a whole apple tree producing more and more fruit year in, year out. And then you can even go on to plant more trees but all I asked for was an apple. But God has taught me so many other things because of the one prayer I prayed, it was, this is the exceedingly and the abundantly. So he dealt with my growth. He dealt with my faith. He dealt with my perspectives. He dealt with my ability to observe. He dealt with um, my, maybe my lack of attention to detail. God dealt with several other things in a bid to get me what I asked for in a greater capacity, um, rather than just giving me the apple because that's what I asked for. And that's what a good father does. And that's who God is to us, a good, good father. And so um, it's really important that you step back and take a look at the bigger picture um, so that you don't allow disappointment to educate you about God that you know that your disappointment doesn't know. So, um, yeah, that's my random musing, like always look back at God's nature and who he consistently is and allow that to be the thing that keeps you, that steadies you, that grounds you, because after having that conversation, with my friend at brunch I had to do a lot of internal work and even today like I woke up this morning and I was like God I believe you're good but there are still some things and some scenarios that have happened in my life where um, it could have been different. I learned a lesson and I grew as a person and I did observe these things, but it caused me a lot of pain. And so that's where I'm struggling to reconcile what I'm experiencing or what I may be feeling and your goodness. Help me to reconcile the two. And not only did God begin to help me reconcile the two, he also began then, then began to teach me how to do that on my own. Um, and so that's one of the things that I would share with you guys as the random musing for this week's episode. Um, the attack really is on you keeping your eyes stayed on God's nature so that you can see the true nature of God in you as well. Because if you begin to believe distorted views about God, they will eventually over time begin to erode what you believe about God to be true. One, not his nature won't be eroded. He won't be eroded. He will remain. But your, your view of him will be eroded. And not only that, then your view of yourself then becomes impacted by your eroding view of God. And so... Um, that would be the random using of my heart for this week's episode. You guys know I'll give my 10 pounds and call it my two pence. Um, but that's my random using for this week's episode. It's so important how we view God and what we believe about him to be true. And it's okay, no matter how mature you are as a believer, it's okay to take a step back for a moment and say, what do I believe about God? Why do I believe that it's true? Um, 
And if you see that it is even left of center, get that thing back in order quickly, because if you don't, it can easily become something that will negatively impact the way that you see God and the way that you see yourself, even sometimes the way that you see God's people, the way that you see God's word. And we don't want that to be the case. Um, I surely don't want that to be the case. And so that's something that I'll share with you guys that I've been working through and, and actively working on. God, what do I see of you? What do I believe about you? What am I yet to see of you? Uh, What are you doing in this particular scenario that may not look good in this moment, but will be counted towards your goodness because that's who you are? Um, The mature ask hard questions. Those who want to grow, those who want to seek knowledge from God, uh, grow in their questions and we develop in our questions and questions help to locate your faith. Um, Questions also help to locate uh, what you believe, questions help you to locate what's truly in your heart and mind. Um, I think one of the things that I have taught myself is not always to look for the answer. Sometimes it's to look for the question. Um, and that helped me to grow in leaps and in bounds, um, not in a prideful way at all. Um, but what I began to do was I began to wander around in my heart and mind and check for questions, look for the question, what do I believe and why? Where is the question in what I'm in what I know? If I know something, if I feel like I'm very um I know something in depth, then I'll check myself and ask myself, then what don't I know about it? What's the question that I have concerning this thing? Because that keeps pride at bay, one. But two, it also allows you to grow in your wisdom, grow in your understanding, grow in your knowledge and to just kind of MOT, check back in what you believe about God and why. Uh, So that's my random musing. God is good, period. Um, And you have to look and make your life reconcile with his goodness because his goodness is the standard. It's the thing that's not changing. Uh, Your circumstances and your life are the things that are changing. So uh, reconcile the two, but don't move the yardstick of God's goodness to match where you are for it to make sense. Reconcile your life and circumstance to the goodness, to the character and the consistency and faithfulness of God. That's my random musing. Let's dive right into this week's episode. Let go. So um, I think that principle number one, when we're talking about prophetic administration, we have to start out um, kind of where we ended last week. But we have to start out with the idea that revelation is just the beginning um, of revelation, if that makes sense. Let me phrase that better. Uh, Revelation is the open door to more revelation. So when we receive something from God, I think that we've become accustomed as Christians, as believers, that when something supernatural happens, when we hear from God, when we experience him, that we kind of just stop there. Um, We marvel at that supernatural moment, not understanding that Um, I think I was preaching months ago um, and I remember teaching about revival and saying that revival is actually the restoration to the norm of what Christians, Christ-like people are meant to live like or are meant to, the, the life they're meant to lead or live in. If we call ourselves sons and daughters of God, then there is a norm, a standard that God had designed for us to live in. So not only is it in terms of 
of naming or labeling ourselves as believers or labeling ourselves as sons and daughters of God, but there is a lifestyle attached to it. There is wisdom attached to it. There is uh, relational intelligence, emotional intelligence, spirituality that is tied to our relationship with God. And so I think that is very important to understand that us crying out for revival, crying out for acts, Acts, the book of Acts to be made manifest in our time is to understand that the lives that these people, these disciples, these Christ, these followers of Jesus Christ were living was what Jesus designed for the the Christian, the Christ-like person to live in. So miracles, signs, wonders, hearing of God's voice, the sharing of his word, worship, church communities, uh, reaching out to the widowed and the orphan and there being the baptism of gifts and of the Holy Spirit and of tongues and of fire, all of these things, prophecy, uh, um, the the accurate teaching of the word of God, um, entire populations of people who knew the word of God and who know the word of God deeply. These are all very normal things, intercessors, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors. These are all very normal things, administrators, helps, uh, generous people, givers, that these are all things that God desired for us to have and to use to advance the kingdom of God. This is our norm. Um, and we're kind of crying out for it because we have al- allowed um, the kingdom of God will advance regardless. Uh, let's just start there. That is the truth. Um, but w- for some of us, we have allowed um, the the piecing together of the organizational elements of churches and of, of uh, Christian communities and organizations. We have allowed uh, that to kind of distort our view and understanding of what our lives should be like as believers. Um, The faith, the courage to be able to do what God has asked us to do um, and to be who he's asked us to be um, is kind of like uh, dwindled in it or distorted in in, in nature uh, in comparison to what it w- must have been like at the time of Acts because we have to realize that in the book of Acts that was the only church they knew that was the only following of Jesus Christ that they knew obviously there was pre-Messiah um, belief in God um, but they began to move into following the nature of Jesus Christ as he had blueprinted for them while he was here on earth and so that was the only uh, that was all that they knew Um, and then it kind of comes to our time where we have a plethora of ways uh, that we can pursue God or live out our our supernatural lives as believers and uh, followers of Jesus Christ Um, And I think sometimes that the option kind of makes us unaware of how different we are living from the template that we were given in the scriptures. And that's something I'm always convicted by. Um, Do I have the faith to believe that as a son or daughter of God, the things that I saw happen and the things that I believe that God will do in the times that are ahead of us and even in our present day, um, will be just as powerful, just as supernatural, just as world-changing. Do I have enough faith to believe that? And I think sometimes we need to challenge that, similar to what I said in the random musing as well. But I think that that is that is all to preface the idea that sometimes we kind of just marvel at, um, I remember watching a video, no, no, 
tea no shade um but i was watching a video and um some uh, a minister was prophesying um and he was uh, demonstrating the word of knowledge, uh, which is a gift where you are able to share uh, uh, supernaturally. You have been given information or knowledge about a particular person or group place or person, place or thing. Um, and then you share that word of knowledge and you would have only been able to get it from a supernatural source. The gift of the spirit, obviously from the spirit of God. Um, and so um, he was exercising or demonstrating the word of knowledge um, and he would kind of like share the person's name or share the person's email address or share the person, something to identify the person he was prophesying or, or, or particularly ministering to. Um, and after he would demonstrate that, everyone would kind of stand up and clap and scream and be like, oh my gosh, God is here, um, which I believe is true. Uh, there are times where God is there. It's just the exercising or the demonstrating of it is incomplete. And so um, people would like stand up and clap and everyone was so amazed that God had be been able to reveal uh, the, this information to this minister. Um, what did kind of throw me off guard though, was that that's where the ministration ended. Uh, we experienced the supernatural, which as we know, um, allows people to open up their hearts to God because they're seeing something that is so beyond the, the, uh, carnal or, um, just what's in our earthly or physical realm. And so it was a powerful, and it really is powerful, uh, to exercise the gifts, but I think that for me, it was just the follow, the the completion, the following through of that ministration. So there was no word about the point they were in in their lives, what God had to say to them about their present day or the future. There was kind of no um, real ministration. We know that the gifts, um, the the vocal, uh, I no sorry, the revelatory gifts. Um, so word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Um, and the discerning of spirits, um, we know that the revelatory gifts are to comfort, to exhort and to edify according to the scriptures. But there was none of that. It was kind of just like, oh, my gosh, the supernatural is here. Oh, my gosh, God is speaking. Um, and it was kind of just identifying her name. Um, and the thing that I don't like about that particularly is sometimes it can become um, very trivial almost because it's like, if I had walked in that room and said, hi, what, my name is so-and-so, what's your name? They would have given me that exact answer. Um, just because you received it from God without asking the person um, is what makes that different. Um, but for me, it was kind of like just the, 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 in, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The injustice we do to the true potent power of the gifts of God or, or the, the demonstration of God's power um, can sometimes be uh, gear grinding. Um, so I think it's really important that we understand that when we get revelation, it's the beginning of more revelation. Any revelation that God gives us as people, as believers is an open door. It's a portal. It's, it makes room. It's an opportunity for more revelation. And sometimes we aren't good stewards of the revelation that God has given us. I think we spoke about this in last week's episode as well. But sometimes we aren't good stewards of the revelation that God gives us. And because of our mismanagement of this, how do we expect him to give us more? And I think that um, even as so I was having this conversation with um, a group of my friends. And I think sometimes this can become 
um, this can be the part of prophetic life or living that's overlooked. I think that it's really important to understand that even we as people, according to Romans um, 8, I believe, we are words, we are prophetic words, we are the manifestation of the will of God for the earth and and the earth is groaning eagerly awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God and I think sometimes we we don't equate that to understanding that God spoke something God gave a word God um, spoke his will God activated his will to become a, to become uh, life and breath in you and I and so we are walking prophetic words with um, the need to be able to prophetically administrate our own personal lives and I think that when we look at it like that, revelation about God then gives us revelation about ourselves. As we begin to have revelation about ourselves, it opens the door to revelation about what we're called to do. The revelation of what we're called to do then gives us revelation about who we're called to. The revelation that of what we're called to then gives us greater understanding about what we need to do. Uh, what we need to do then gives us greater revelation about how we reproduce and make this sustainable. All of that then begins to help us to know how to, co- to, to conduct or to steward the future. It's never ending. Revelation uh, revelation breeds revelation. And I think that um, we are doing a disservice when we isolate prophetic administration to the words that we've been given in ministrations or what God may say to us only in a time of prayer. That does not negate the importance of doing prophetic administration in those areas. I think that prophetic administration in those areas actually becomes so much easier when we're doing it for everything that is revelation from God, be it our actual existence, be it the ideas, the imagination that God has given us, be it through the stream that he speaks to us through. We have to understand that revelation breeds revelation. And so, um, I remember having a conversation with my little sister about dreams one day. And I think that one of the things that stuck out to both of us by the end of that conversation and even about what we knew to be true from the scriptures and about studying uh, dreams as a stream of revelation. One of the things that we began to understand from that was the idea that when I have a dream, whether it be about something in the past, in the present, in the future, or maybe just a symbol of uh, of pictures or a, a symbol of something that is happening that is to give us a message for our lives. What we have to understand is that that is revelation. And when we study, so interpretation, when we begin to study the scriptures, pray into it, um, use helpful resources and tools to decode our dreams, to explore our soul concerning what that dream meant to us as well, um, identifying and verifying the sources of our dreams, knowing what's happening in our dream lives as revelatory streams, Um then we go into application. God, what do you want me to do with what you've shared with me? What do you want me to do with what I may have seen? What am I sensing or picking up? And what is the action to be able to deal with, um, whether it be good or bad, um, what I have seen or experienced in the dream in my dream life? And so we began to understand that as you journey through those those processes, it gives uh, more revelation by virtue of you studying, but not only that, God begins to breathe on what he's already spoken, what you've already studied in the word of God, what you, I don't know if this happens to anyone else, but sometimes when I, when God says something to me and I begin to study into it, as I'm studying, more revelation begins to grow out of that. And one of the things that I even challenge myself to do more often 
is to not only um, interpret and apply for my own life. Um, I remember this happened to me very vividly because God only speaks to me in dreams about stuff that he has to bypass my logic for. Um, And so I remember one time um, I was I had a dream where I literally journeyed through a particular book of the Bible. Like I was standing um, watching this book of the Bible literally play out with characters and stuff like that. I don't know if any of you have watched AD on Netflix. It was kind of like that. It was like me watching um, the bo- that particular book of the Bible play out. And I remember after having the dream, I went to go and study that particular book of the Bible. And as I was studying it, Um, I began to study, interpret and apply for my personal life what I felt like God was saying to me. And then um, Holy Spirit nudged me and was like, this isn't just for you. This is something that I want you to share um, with these groups of people. And he gave me four specific groups of people to share this information with or this revelation, should I say. Um, And I began to say, okay, but I've seen what you have to say to me. So is this one corporate or general message for all of these groups of people? Or do you have particular things you want to say? And I began to ask Holy Spirit, okay, how does this apply to my life? How does this apply to my family? How does this apply to my friends? How does this apply to my career? How does this apply um, to my local church? How does this apply to the body of Christ? How does this apply to the world at large? How does this apply to leaders? How does this apply to um, to people that I work with? How does this apply to um, how does this apply to a random stranger on the street um, that I may meet? What is the principle for any given person who may come across this revelation? And one of the things that God began to do was to journey me through and point me in the way to study, to be able to grasp the full revelation for every aspect. I remember typing up um, documents, like I typed up like eight documents about the revelation that I saw, the interpretation for each specific group of people and the application as well. For some, it was prayer. For some, it was literally to start initiatives. For some, it was to do very, uh, to do other things, to observe a particular thing. Um, For others, it was begin, it was to to stop doing something or not to make partnerships in particular areas. But I was able to um, administrate this particular, this one dream for seven different groups of people that vary, um, that were very, very different. Um, and as I shared the, in- the revelation with them, they came back to me months later saying, okay, this is something we prayed into. This is confirmation of words we've already gotten. This is what God has shared with us to do. This is what the o- other part is. Someone else prophesied and this kind of confirms what you said and this is what we got and this is another scripture that we're pulling out from but what happened was as one piece of revelation one dream um, and it might not necessarily be imprints or particular parts of that one dream or symbols from that one dream but one dream was the open door to several different groups of people at this point hundreds of people who were impacted by one dream Now, for all of them, it wasn't to share directly with them. For some people, it was to pray for them, not to share anything with them. For other people, it was to share with them, um, to type up documents and to send them this information. For some people, it was to share it with the group of people and and pray and minister to people. um, Its administration was so different for each group of people. Um, But it was one dream that it began with, one piece of revelation that it began with. And that really humbled me. It didn't make me pious or proud or 
oh my gosh, God is speaking to me. Not at all. If anything, it sobered me up real quick. It humbled me because I realized that with with every other um, piece of revelation or every other thing that God had shared with me, did how many people would it impact? How many people would it reach? How many people would be um, forever changed or impacted by this word? How many people would have things confirmed for them in their own lives um, that I had either not administrated or not stewarded well, um, that I had not even bothered to deem as revelation, um, that I had not been consistent in tracking, in in administrating, um, that I had not even sought for. It made me um, even more sober in understanding that your devotion, the life that you, your revelatory life, what you hear from God, what you experience of him is not, it's not like, this is what I mean when in these episodes uh, throughout season three, when I've been saying not to become familiar with the voice of God, this is what I'm talking about. Um, because I began to then become convicted every time that my alarm's gone off at 5 a.m. and I've stopped it and I've said, you know what, I'll spend time with God later. And it's kind of been like, I know for me that once my day gets rolling, it's practically impossible to get m- moments of silence again. And so I begin to then chuck God into my five minute lunch break or my 20 minutes when I'm not on a meeting or 30 minutes when no one needs anything from me before I sleep. And it's kind of like, you know, that you're not going to get back time to just sit and be unless you have to stay awake later, which then impacts your morning and things like that. You know that 5am is that prime time in your life where you can speak to God about any and absolutely everything. And so, um, I then had to begin to challenge myself and be more convicted about the fact that God desires to speak to me in that moment and time that I've set apart just for him. He desires to speak to me. And how many times have I missed a moment of revelation, missed um, something that God had to say? Because that's stewardship as well. That's revelation stewardship as well. How many times have I missed that moment? How many times has um, God waited for me to to show up? How many times has he waited to speak to me and I've snoozed my alarm and I've woken up and I've started scrolling on Insta or answering messages or responding to emails without addressing the portion of revelation that he had waited to deposit in and uh, uh, with me that particular day. Now, will God still speak? Yes. But does that mean that we become familiar and we don't set aside time to be good stewards of revelation? Oh, heck no. Oh, heck no. (laughs) Okay. That is not the kind of way we want to be living or growing. And so I think that we, we must start, uh, start out understanding that revelation breeds revelation. And the reason God shared it with you is because you are in a unique expression of, of God on the earth. And so when he gives things to you, he's giving it to you because he knows that it is best to come through you. Now, there have been times where the idea or understanding of that has made me nonchalant or indifferent um, or very apathetic to sharing what God has uh, has desired for me to share because it's like, okay, when I'm ready, I'll share it. And it's very prideful. Um, and that's something I've had to work my way out of. Just because God desires to share something through you doesn't mean that you get to become apathetic with revelation through you. Um, keep your awe and wonder keep your awe and wonder. This is a complete side note, but I think that when we as people who hear God's voice keep our awe and wonder, when we keep the fear of the Lord, when we keep our reverence for his person and for his word and for his name, um, something happens in us where 
there is a, a stronger call to obedience. Um, and I don't think that there is anything more pulling, more provoking to share what God has given with you or express it or administrate it in the way that he's desired for you to um, than a call to obedience. Um, and so um, one way to build a steward, a prophetic life um, is to keep your awe and wonder, to grow in your fear of the Lord. Um, one of my favorite scriptures about the prophetic is when Apostle Paul is talking to the church and he says that y'all can speak in tongues all you want, but if an unbeliever comes in here, they'll call you drunk or mad. But if you begin to prophesy to them and speak to them from, from the inspired word of God, then what will begin to happen is that they will first admit that God, they'll fall on their faces they will admit that God is among you and God will begin to deal with the secrets of their heart. And so I think what that what sticks out to me from that scripture is the first thing that is given to a person when they experience is the fear of the Lord. Um, and it gives me more understanding for the scripture that says in Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because it's the idea that I'm exposed to what God has to say and the first thing that hits me is reverence, awe and wonder of this, this person who is sharing uh, my future with me or sharing more about me or sharing more about themselves so that I can fully grasp who they are and what that means to me. And then comes wisdom. Um, and so um, it's really important that we as believers keep our awe and wonder. If we are people that want to prophesy, if you're people that want to hear God's voice, if you're people that want to live a prophetic life, live a life where the spirit of God speaks expressly, freely um, in and through you and to you, then it's really important that um, we keep our awe and our wonder. One of the things that grieves me the most is to be around people who hear God's voice, but um, don't fear him are not in awe and wonder of his person. Um, it scares me to be around people who hear God's voice, but don't keep their awe and wonder of him and don't keep the same awe and wonder. I, I believe that you can mature and you can grow in hearing God's voice, but we never lose awe and wonder. The fact that he speaks to us helps me to keep my awe and wonder. There is no other religion, way of living or faith that the ultimate being or higher power speaks freely, clearly, expressly, experientially, consistently to his people or to its people. And so I think that this being the thing that sets us apart, I must keep my awe and wonder. The more I see God, the more I experience of God, the more I grow in my awe and wonder. It scares me when mature people decline in their awe and wonder of the person they're pursuing. And this is something that can easily happen when you find out more about the scriptures, which I'm not saying you shouldn't do. Don't misquote me, hear what I'm saying and um, and journey with me. Um, when we grow more in the scriptures, when we begin to minister, when people begin to um, affirm or confirm what they see in us, greatness or, or God's gift in us or God's purpose for us or who we're called to be in God, all of that stuff, as you begin to grow and you begin to quote more scriptures and you learn the Hebrew and the Greek, all of which are great, believe me, I love it. Um, sometimes we can become prideful and we can begin to lose our awe and wonder of God because we've become familiar with context or information about him. The information isn't what makes him God. 
that's just what helps us to believe that he is God. He is God regardless. And so I think that sometimes we have to remember to keep our awe and wonder. We have to remember to be humble. We have to remember to um, approach him humbly. We have to remember that he is God. I am not. I know my place. Um, this That was my saying. If you're here, if you're an OG of the podcast, then you know that I've been saying that since the beginning of like 2019 or 2020. I've forgotten. Um, but yeah, this is something that's really important. Revelation breeds revelation. And so as believers, as people that want to host God's voice, we have to understand what comes with revelation and that comes with a responsibility to study deeper to study further that comes with a responsibility to pray and to be devoted that comes with a responsibility to keep our fear of the lord that comes with a responsibility um to keep our eyes to to keep our awe and wonder one of my favorite scriptures um it can kind of be uh, a, a scripture that people focus on when it comes to seeing God and experiencing his holiness and things like that, which is great. It, I believe it does have some level of administration to the holiness and sovereignty of God um, as a concept or topic um, or part of his nature. But I think it's something that we gloss over um, in the book of Isaiah. Um, Isaiah 6, Isaiah begins to document and to speak about how he saw the Lord and all that he saw, he saw uh, angels and the glory of God and this, that and the third. And that part is amazing to me. I love um, uh, Revelation, especially in the major and the minor prophets when they explain or experience God and they document that that is beautiful to me. because it, it lets me know more about God and, and when we see him, what we may see. Um, I To me, it's powerful, honestly. Um, and I've studied quite a few, um, like the book of Isaiah, with very similar encounters. So I love it. Um, but that's not what draws my focus. I think what draws my focus often in that book particularly is the fact that Isaiah sees God. And immediately from that encounter, he sees himself. Now, what's weird is the, what's weird is the fact that there's, there's no documented mirror. He doesn't say that a mirror appeared or whatever like that, but there's this level of introspection or, or like eyes on the inside where Isaiah is able to say that if I am from you, if I believe in you, you are God and I can see myself in you, you are this way. You are holy, perfect, sovereign, pure, just, righteous, mighty. All of these things. I can see that in you, but there's something that I can't see in myself when I look at you. And so he says, woe well, unto me for I'm a man of unclean lips. That is so powerful to me. So, so powerful to me because his revelation of God gave him revelation about himself. And not only did it give it give him revelation about himself, then the angel comes and puts a burning coal on his tongue and all of this, this cleansing and purifying happens and sanctification. I think this is all a picture of the gospel, to be very honest with you. Anywho, let's move on. Um, but yeah, it's like this, this purification, this sanctification takes place and he's given a commission to go and then do something. That's revelation, breeding more revelation. Um, but I think that sometimes we can be, we can take one lens into viewing uh, these particular areas of the scripture. And sometimes it does us a disservice. We need to understand that the Bible, which is the surest word of prophecy, um, is 
a, a stewardship tool, a stewardship principle, but also the basis and the foundation for how we steward revelation. And I think it starts with us understanding that revelation is an open door. I can't get stuck at the fact that Holy Spirit said, um, I would buy a full fat carton of milk tomorrow. And I did exactly that. Um, like, okay, but what was the meaning? What's the revelation? What's the information? And that's mainly what Recalibrate is about, turning revelation into information that can be used um, for the glory of God. And so um, with that, I'm going to dive right into principle number two. Um, so principle number two is is also going to be the answer to a question that I get a lot when um to, like when I'm in the DMs, when in emails, um, in speaking to some of you guys who are part of our community, um, as well. Um, and one of those questions is kind of like, okay, this whole prophetic thing, this life where I hear God's voice, it's something I want, it's something I desire, it's something I want to uh, steward better. What do I do? Um, and so I wanted this um, episode as well to be practical, um, not just kind of theoretical or giving you guys clearer understanding about um, what prophetic administration is. I also wanted you to give you things that after listening to this episode, you could actually do. Um, so if you're an OG, then you know that Recalibrate the podcast actually started um, earlier on in 2020, about March 2020, it started off as Instagram Lives. Um, and I started with sharing how prophetic administration is used in your day-to-day life. And so um, those replays actually aren't available anymore. Um, but what I will do is share with you what I shared in those um, sessions and a more refined version with a workbook and uh, with more information is available on our website, www.recalibrateuk.com forward slash resources. Um, but I will share with you kind of a brief synopsis of what I shared in those masterclasses and in those Instagram lives about prophetic administration. I believe that prophetic administration should also cross over into your personal development. Hear me out. I'm not trying to cross pollinate or I'm not trying to make a whole nother lane or to, to pioneer a new thing. Not at all. The reason I say this is that prophetic administration should be such an innate part of everything that we do. If we truly are prophetic words walking, then my life should have a level of administration that crosses over into how I develop as a person. Um, because um, as we know, our faith is the central portion of our life. And if by faith we hear God's voice and we live out what he says to us and live in his will, then there is an incredibly large portion of our lives that must be given over to whatever we're hearing through prophetic administration. And so I believe in timetables. I believe in scheduling. I believe in um, writing things down. If you know me, then you know that there is always a notebook, a notepad, a pen, a highlighter, a post-it note, a diary. There is always going to a journal. There is always going to be paper. Uh, not only is it cathartic and not only can I get all my thoughts out on paper more eloquently than I usually can by typing, but that's just a preference thing. So I wouldn't share with you something to do based on preference. But what I will say is type things up, 
write them down, whichever you prefer, get them on the notes app on your phone or um, sticky notes on your on your laptop or whatever it may be. But I do believe that in order to be on this journey of hearing God's voice and administrating your life, I believe in things like um, um, I remember telling my mentees to do this uh, homework, like praying and and searching through the scriptures and finding scriptures that speak to who you are in God. Um, Now, sometimes we don't understand why we have to do that, but I think that that gives us the basis for, um, for that gives us the basis for like who we are in God identity wise. Uh, Not only that, but it also allows us to understand that as I'm, as I am finding out who I am in God, um, I can also administrate who I am in God. Um, now I'm going to give you an example of this. So um, I think from an from as early on as about maybe two years old, I don't rem- I don't have memory of that. But I remember my parents my parents speaking to me and saying that um, after I was born, um, one of my parents' pastors gave me um, my middle name, which is Glory one of my middle names, which is Glory. And um, when he gave me the name, my parents kind of had to pray into it afterwards because they asked him what name he would like to give me and he gave me that name. Um, And my parents kind of asked him to, uh, had to pray into uh, what that name meant for my purpose, for my life, for who I was called to be in God. And from as early on as I can remember, my parents have been reciting this scripture over my life. And it has been probably one of the most potent and powerful things. Um, I remember in every birthday card, my dad would write this scripture. Um, Every time my mom prayed for me, she would pray into this particular scripture. And it was very important to me that I had understanding for myself what this scripture meant. And when I read the scripture, I'm going to read it in a second. When I read the scripture to other people, it may have absolutely no meaning. But to me, this is complete definition for everything I will be by the time I reach my grave. Um, And so I'm going to read it to you. Habakkuk 2.14 in the Amplified, which says, But the time is coming when the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now, this obviously the the scripture has context it was written um in a particular time period it was documented for a reason for a people and things like that um but in praying into and being able to these words which are the surest word word of prophecy in the surest word of prophecy um have been able to give understanding and language for who I'm called to be and what I'm called to do. Um, now, some of these things recalibrate and its purpose can be found in that scripture. Everything that we are doing and going to do, even as we expand next year, can be found in that particular scripture because I've been able to pray and to study into it. And I think sometimes we do ourselves a disservice when we're looking for the prophetic word that was given by inspiration, either through uh, us praying and and speaking to God or through somebody else. I think we're doing ourselves a disservice when we haven't yet done prophetic administration for our own lives. What scriptures speak to who you are and what you're called to be and to do? Uh, Not only that, um, with every single I try to do this every day, um, but this is something that I do at the close of any season, at the opening of another. 
God, what is your word for this time and space? And one of those things that has really helped me, um, this is one of those things that has really helped me um, because in transition, uh, in times of change, in times where you have to adapt in different areas, one of the things that we as people can really struggle with is navigating the transition. And one of the things that is a short anchor for me in times of transition or change or difference or new normals is a word from God. And so I challenge myself to do this every day. I challenge myself to do this at the opening of a new thing. I challenge myself to do this with opportunities. I challenge myself to do this with work, with with purpose, with my identity, with my personal development, anything. I ask God what he has to say about it. I think sometimes um, we go through things and like the last maybe month or two um, has been really challenging for me realizing that I struggle to understand the goodness of God and so I understood how hard these next few months would be for me and so I made it a point to and I'm still I'm challenging myself to ask God what he has to say about this particular time about my life about the world around me about my friends about my relationships about about my church, everything. I'm still asking God what he has to say because I don't want the fog of life lifing to blur out what God is saying at any given point. And so challenging myself to do hard things, like when life is lifing, still asking God what he has to say. When um, when things may not be going as smoothly as I desire for them to, or as I've prayed even for them to still asking God what he has to say. Um, and I think that's, that can begin to challenge us to live a life where we can, uh, have something to return to. Um, my mentor once told me to write a mission statement for my life. I've written countless mission statements for organizations, for businesses, um, for, everything that I do, even the podcast, I've written mission statements before, but writing it for my life was so hard, so, so hard until I began to implement these principles, such as finding scriptures that give me understanding for who I am, such as being able to pray and ask God, what do you have for me? Uh, Such as being able to ask God when it's all said and done, what do you want the testament of my life to be? Um, What will make you say, well done, my good and faithful servant, at the time that I pass on to glory, like what, what will be the requirement, the criteria, not just the, uh, general ones that we are all given as believers, but specifically for the purpose you designed before, uh, what is the criteria? What is the truth about me? And not just so that I can hit the criteria or tick off a box or make it to heaven or whatever the case may be. Um, but so that I can have understanding, um, about what this life, what my earthly life is to look like, so that I can have understanding of what God's will for me looks like, so that I can um, transform, so that I can change, so I can develop, so that I know in which direction I should be gearing towards and growing in. Um, That is all revelation. And I think sometimes, uh, even personal development, I think sometimes it can be dumbed down to like, um, and I don't, mean to be shady um or rude but I think sometimes it can be uh de-escalated to kind of just having a diary and being productive and productivity hacks and writing things down and blowing on social media and um reading a book or two and I think that we have to take it up a notch especially as 
prophetic people, believers, people who believe in God's voice. I think that we have to grow into a mature in that area that personal development is actually growing into a mold, growing into a fit that God has already designed. The the raw potential is in me, but I must grow into um and I was listening to a podcast that has absolutely nothing to do with anything we're speaking about, but the principle still applies. I was listening to a podcast. It's about like love, marriage and relationships. Um, and the uh, the doctor on the show was basically speaking about the idea that in relationships, um, sometimes when we highlight that something isn't or something hurt another person in the relationship, that there is the either the opportunity to shrink or to stretch. Um and what she was saying is that most people, especially in relationships, will choose what what is most familiar. It may not even have been comfortable, but it's familiar. So they will shrink into what they're familiar with rather than stretching, which is where the growth and the personal development will take them and will allow the relationship that they are in to actually thrive, flourish and or grow, or for them to even know that this actually isn't for us or for me. Um, and so um, just pulling the principle out of its context in that podcast, I want to add it, I want to insert it here, um, that when it comes to being prophetic people, people full of revelation from God, I think one of the things that can happen as well is this idea that um, me being a Christian, me being a believer, me being somebody who can hear God's voice, when I hear him or when things are shared with me about me, about God, about his word, about the world around me, that I have two opportunities. I can either shrink to what is familiar, which is, okay, I've heard God, what now, what next kind of thing. Um, Or I can just not bother to do the work or God may highlight to me something in me. And I'm like, oh, you know what? My mum was like that. My grandmother was like that. My dad was like that. My grandfather was like that. My uh, sister or brother has always been that way. The person who modeled life for me in this regard was like this. So I get to be like this. Um, And so we shrink and not necessarily saying that those people are small or they, they have shrunk, but they did the best with the options that they had. But if you know better, we always use this term that if you know better, then you should do better because of what you now know. And I think sometimes that's the idea of shrinking that we have as believers. It's kind of like God will show me something. God will. And we're going to speak about this in the six week coaching program. Uh, There's a session called Fragments where we're going to speak about what to do when I find an ugly part of myself. So uh, what to do. And we're going to use Isaiah six as a template and some other scriptures as well. Um, But it's kind of like when I see that I'm I'm a woman of unclean lips or a man of unclean lips or I'm somebody who is not reflecting God in this particular area, then what do I do? How do I handle the fragment in my soul? How do I navigate not fully looking like God, but in a journey of becoming more like him? And so um, we're going to talk about this, but this is something that can happen to a lot of us as believers. We can either shrink. um, It takes a lot of maturity, a lot of growth, a lot of obedience, a lot of faith, a lot of really wanting to be Christ-like to stretch. Um, And I'm saying this even from experience. Um, I remember a couple of days ago, literally 
breaking down fully, completely, um, because I came, I had a light bulb moment. You guys already know, I've shared this with you. The way God speaks to me is by enlightenment. I will literally just be sitting there and a whole new realm of information will just begin to open up and I'll hear God clearly begin to speak to me about that particular thing. Um, and so I was literally sitting there, uh, the other day by myself alone, um, my friends and family think it's weird, but I really enjoy it. Um, to sit in a dark room, I find it very calming, soothing. I feel like my mind can fully rest. I don't know why. Um, but I was literally sitting, it was pitch black and I was just on my own. And I felt like God began to speak to me about the fact that I didn't believe him in particular areas. Um, so God would speak to me. God speaks to me clearly about a lot of different things. Um, and God was speaking to me about different things. And he was like, um, in this particular area, you don't actually believe my promises to you concerning it. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel terrible. God, I want to believe you about everything. It's just that this particular thing broke my faith. Like it literally like absolutely shattered my faith. And God was saying that I understand that. Um, I completely understand that, but also at the same time, in addition to further hence more, um, <laughs> you still don't believe me in this area. You want to, and I, that's why I'm speaking to you about it. You have a great desire to see me, speak to me, hear me in this area, but you just don't believe me enough. Um, and you don't trust me. And God was saying that I need you to revisit my history with you and understanding, seeing the, the greater perspective, not just what you desired and how it didn't happen the way you wanted. Um, but growing and stretching in that area. Now that was a place of stretching for me. And that was just a few days ago. Um, and I'm sharing this with you. I'm being vulnerable with you guys in this area, because I know that this sometimes happens to each and every single one of us. God will highlight something and will shrink, will run, will, even from my calling, there were uh, about two and a half years where if you told me I was going to be doing this podcast, I would have told you, you're a liar. And, and, the spirit of God does not reside in you. It clearly probably did, most likely did actually. Um, you were hearing him very clearly, but there were, I was running, I was shrinking for two and a half years. Anything God said to me, I didn't believe I ran. I shrank because that was my way of protecting myself. But my soul was tired. My soul was dry. The wilderness was more fruitful and uh, more refreshing than my soul at that time, uh, because I was running from who God had designed me to be and what he had called me to do. Um, that was a time of shrinking. Uh, another time I shrank, uh, probably in times where I should have been more, uh, this was something that actually God didn't highlight to me directly. Well, actually, he actually did. I just ignored him for like six and a half months. Um, but I remember one time one of my mentors sitting me down and saying, um, you don't compromise in terms of like, you don't allow yourself to do things that are actually directly against the will of God or the word of God, but you do allow compromise to happen around you because you people please. So when it comes to speaking out directly about things, you would rather shrink than say, actually, I don't believe that 
God desires or desi- has designed for, for things to be this way, um, especially in work settings or especially in settings where there are other believers who may be debating about things that they believe or don't believe or disagree or agree with. Um, and I'll kind of just let the conversation happen around me or I'll let decisions be made or things happen around me, but I won't interject to share what I believe to be true. Um, and my mentor was saying to me at that time that that's allowing for compromise to exist in the world around you. Um, and the reason you are there is to make sure that that doesn't happen. And I felt so like condemnation was knocking on all the doors, all the windows and was trying to break through the vents, um, at this point, but I had to allow it to be conviction to make me stretch. Now, um, we always read these scriptures, especially the scripture, I believe it's Isaiah 54. I've received that scripture in prophecy so much so recently. Um, And it talks about you stretching um, and expanding your borders, expanding territory. And I think sometimes we we read the scripture or when it's said to us, we shout amen. We're kind of like, yeah, I'm going to do this and do this and be that and be this. um, And I'm going to travel the world and I'm going to be global and I'm going to do this and that and my territory is going to be geographical. Let me submit for your consideration that maybe that scripture is asking you to stretch. Maybe it's asking you to stretch. Literally, I was laughing um, a text thread with one of my friends uh, (laughs) a few weeks ago and I remember just saying like, I remember my friend saying like, why can't we just be ushers? Like, why can't we now there is nothing wrong with ushers at church, but he was just, um, I don't, yeah, he was just like, why can't we be like, why can't we do things that are kind of like, I come to church, I show people the love of God, I show them where to sit down, I make seating plans, and I kind of just go on with my life. Now, ushers are very important, great ministries to the local church. I believe that ushers should be honored and revered for the work that they do. I believe that they make the world, they make the ch- the local church run like it does especially experiences the service because the experience of a service doesn't begin when the minister starts preaching it begins from the moment I come through the door how I'm greeted how I'm ushered to my seat if I need a tissue or if I need someone to help me up off the floor after I've been ministered to whatever it may be uh they kind of are the wheels that are ticking or working running and so it's not an insult or shade to ushers but he was just kind of like why can't we just do something that's kind of inconsequential because things that require you to stretch can be scary and challenging and I remember being like yo growth doesn't come without stretching stretching doesn't come without pain and so I think it's really important for us to understand that if we're going to do this prophetic administration thing well then it requires stretching so what does that mean I have a list of resources that I read I study um, to help me grow in every single area. So for example, if it's books, then there's a list of books that by the before the end of the year, I need to complete reading. Sometimes I add, like I read multiple books at a time. So my list may look long to some people, at others, it may look really short, but I always make sure that I'm reading something. Whatever I'm reading helps me to develop in my own life. So for example, Um, People may not see prophetic administration as reading a book that's especially not written by a Christian author, but I believe that that's that's prophetic administration as well. So, for example, um, I am very focused 
when I'm working, sometimes it scares my friends or my family because I'll be working. They'll be like, are you upset? Are you angry? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just, um, I'm in the zone. I'm working. Um, I'm very focused. And so I think that it's really important um, for um, us as believers to allow prophetic administration to be the administration of our transformation holistically, not just the prophetic word that you receive. Um, and so, for example, um, this year I was committed to, because I'm so focused when I'm working, I'm more likely to answer you via email than I am by message. And so I found that this year, um, I, my focus was being impacted because of how much communication I had to do. Um, so whether it was email, text, phone calls, meetings, Zooms, like, heck, I was tired. Okay. And so I found that my focus was being negatively impacted because I had to consistently stop work to communicate with people. Um, it would be work-based, but it meant that I was my work was suffering because my focus wasn't always 100% there. So I began to read a book. It's not a Christian book at all. It's called Deep Work Rules for Focused Success um, in a Distracted World by Cal Newport. Now, this book is like a personal development, self-help kind of spiel. Um, But the book really helped me to start to do something called deep work, which is to block book time where I don't respond to anyone or anything, or I don't book meetings. I just focus on getting the work, the actual content of the work done. And so um, this book helped me to grow in that particular area. But then I was not only able to use it for work, I began to then use it for uh, devotion. I then began to use it for the podcast. I then began to use it for um, for my responsibilities at my local church, whatever that may be. And so I feel like even when it came to things like evangelizing, like going out and speaking to people, or when I'm out in my daily life, going out and speaking to people, I made it a thing of deep work rather than um, being dis- distracted or disconnected, even in quality time with people I love, making sure that I lock my phone, phone, turn it over, not because I have anything to hide, just so that I'm engaging with these people and so that every minute really counts. And so um, that for me was prophetic administration because it was the idea that I understand who God has called me to be. And in order to do that, my focus has to be at a particular level and or area um, for me to be able to, to see the fruit of what God has placed on the inside of me. And so I believe that resources are prophetic administration. If God has called you to do something or to be something, find resources to help you grow and advance in that area podcasts videos um i before i die one thing i will do is create something uh that my children and my children's children's children and my children's children's children will run um and it will be for leaders world leaders thought leaders christian leaders music leaders, whatever field you're in it will be for the leader um and that's something i'll do before i before i pass on to glory that is something that i will do and it will outlive me Um, and because of that, I've become very invested in leadership, not even because I want to be a leader. Anyone who knows me knows I run at the thought of it. Um, but it's the idea that I will be supporting leaders for the rest of my life. And so that is something that I want to invest in leadership style, leadership theory, leadership in practice, leadership in crisis, leadership in, 
different cultures, leadership in different traditions, leadership in different customs, leadership that cross-pollinates, leadership that has multiple demographics, like um, leadership in homogeneous societies, like the all of these different things I'm exploring, not even for my own personal knowledge or use, but because I know it will impact the people that I'm called to one day. And so what does personal development look like in that area? Education, education, asking leaders questions, whether I'm comfortable with them or not, like asking them questions, getting information out of the people that are in my world and realm who are currently leaders. And I think that we need to begin to do that, not just scheduling time and productivity hacks and things like that. But what does God have to say about me and how do I stretch into the mold that was created by me from God um, is prophetic administration. Um, I think that 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 starting there helps us to get a broader understanding of what this administration or stewardship looks like um, beyond revelation interpretation application um the model the principle still applies revelation interpretation application but to a greater extent to a greater degree and for more than just the notes you have on your phone from a worship service four years ago which is still potent and necessary for your life and destiny um but it is the confirmation or the adding to a lineage of prophetic words that have been spoken uh of you or for you from your time of creation uh, by God. So uh, yeah, prophetic administration begins with your identity in God and it begins to grow into your purpose, into who you're called to and what you're called to do. And prophetic words add to a lineage or history of other prophetic words um, that have been spoken uh, over you from as early on as creation by God. Um, I said this in my masterclass, uh, the more masterclass, um, I said, what did God whisper in his breath of life into you? Finding that, administrating that prophetic word makes every other prophetic word an addition to your lineage of prophetic words, an addition to your to your your epistle of your life um, about who you will be and what you are called to do. Uh, So yeah, that's principle number two. Let me give you principle number three, which is going to be real short and sweet since you guys have stayed with me in this episode and it's been long. It is the season finale. I told you I wanted to give you guys the juice. Um, So yeah, uh, let's dive right into principle number three um, and some practical applications for you to be able to administrate your prophetic life. Okay, let's do it. Um, principle number three, I believe that um, when it comes to prophetic administration, I think starting small or doing it bit by bit helps to make it less overwhelming. Um, so principle number three, I would say is to uh, just get started. I think that um, sometimes we can want it to be like, oh, I'm going to need a whole week to begin to figure out what God has to say about me and figure out what he has to say about my life and figure out what he has to say about my education or my career or my family or whatever it may be. But I think the real case in point um, of this entire thing is to understand that he will always be speaking. There will always be something for you to hear, to administrate or to steward. And I think it just begins with getting started. I think Whenever I've asked someone like what's whenever I've spoken about prophetic administration and people have kind of been like, oh, that's too much. It's big. It's 
overwhelming it's and it's like okay what is your biggest problem with prophetic administration it's like it's just a lot it's just a lot it's just a lot and it's kind of like then it never gets done but I believe in starting small so even if it's praying into or studying scriptures um, and saying God what do you have to where can I find context for who I am and it may not say directly you're going to be a CEO you're going to uh, work with some of the world's biggest uh, organizations and things like that but it, there will definitely be con- context or contextual information given to you by revelation through that scripture and I believe it starts there um, I believe that sometimes even just looking at the promises of God uh, can then and referencing those scriptures can even take you to other places in the scriptures that will begin to give you context for who you are um, so I believe if if that's where you would like to start then that's a place to start if you would like to go through the prophetic words you've gotten before and then trace them back to a scripture and a, and then study that scripture to get application for who you are then do that like there's different starting points but I believe that starting is the is the start um, I believe that getting started on figuring out what God has to say and he's not a wicked God he's not an unjust God I don't believe that um he would uh make you kind of have to decode and go through all these rings and barriers to try and find this information out but I do believe that we do have to do the work of um, exploring the revelation that's been given to us freely um, already and so I believe that getting started is really the most important part um and I think that not only getting started, but I believe that um, there are tools available. I'm going to shamelessly plug all of the information I already have available. Um, but signing up to some of the stuff that we've got going on, our six-week uh, program, if you would like to do mentoring, uh, specifically in this area, if you would just like to sit with me and talk and find out how to actually go through your prophetic words, find your prophetic administration for yourself, for your family, for your career, for your work, whatever it may be. I don't mind doing that at all. Um, If you shoot us an email, um, then we'll be able to get that uh, sorted for you as well. But I feel like that's something that's really important to do. If you feel like you need to sit down with someone, um, if you feel like you need to uh, find if you feel like you need to kind of be coached through how to do this, then I believe that it's really important for you to do. Um, but getting started is the key part. And, and all of these tools, all of the things I've been sharing with you, um, through the podcast in season three are all really key things that you can use to be able to navigate not only the way God speaks to you, but what to do when he speaks to you, what to do with what he shares with you, um, as well. But getting started is the key thing. And um, yeah, guys, this episode is uh, our season finale for season three. Um, I wanted to say some really key things to you guys. You guys have been a big source of encouragement for me since November of 2020 uh, when I started um, the podcast. I have not missed a week. So can we clap for the gift of consistency? Um, uh, Listen, it was only by God's grace. Um, But we have um, had an episode every single week since November 2020. And you guys have journeyed with me through studying identity, identity, (laughs) Um, studying identity, studying purpose and studying hearing God's voice. And so this is only the beginning. Next uh, season, we'll be talking about uh, the role that our faith has to play in life. Faith versus life will be the will be the um, the topic of next season. 
Um, and so I can't wait to see you guys there. We will be back soon, but subscribe to our YouTube and make sure that you're locked and loaded here because there will be bonus episodes of prayer. Um, I will have guests praying for you guys during the break. So please make sure um, that you yeah, that you guys are invested and you're still sticking to what we're doing. You know, we're a community here. So please go to our Instagram, follow, like, share. Um, if you want to join our Facebook community, then register for community on our website and you'll be sent a link to join our Facebook group. Um, and uh, in there, I'll be dropping devotionals, uh, content that no one else actually gets currently. Um, so make sure that you join uh, the community and then you'll get all the information that you need as well. But guys, I am so thankful to all 22 nations that we're streaming in, all of you who are listening to the podcast from all around the world. I am so so, so, so grateful to each and every single one of you. You have been a big source of encouragement, a source of of life and and uh, um, what's the word zeal to continue doing what I'm doing um, through the podcast. Um, this podcast is um, at 2K plus streams currently and you guys are the absolute bomb. You guys know that I absolutely love and adore you. Um, I don't say it enough. I say it at the end of every episode, but it's because it's the truth as a community, as people um, who are committed to growth and committed to what God is doing through Recalibrate. I absolutely love and adore each and every single one of you. And I can't wait to see what God does in each and every single area of your lives. Um, I would like to pray for you, uh, to pray for us as a community before we close out this season. Um, but the one thing that I will say, um, kind of just as uh, the recalibrate challenge, not just of the week, but of this whole break until season four, would be that you um, be encouraged that no matter what it looks like, let your faith stand steadfast let it be stirred, let it be maintained, let it grow, but let your faith remain steadfast in the unchanging nature of our God. He will not change. Um, And because of that, we know that we can trust him. We can trust in his character, in his ways and what he has to say to us. Um, And so, yeah, um, be encouraged in that. Um, I'm going to quickly pray um, and keep me in your prayers. Check out our website, rate, review, subscribe, share this podcast with everyone that you know. Share it with every single person that you know. Don't allow anyone you know not to have access to the podcast and what we're doing. Um, But yeah, let me share this prayer with you guys. Um, If you could bow your head, close your eyes, Center yourself for a moment as we engage in a moment of prayer. Father, I thank you for these precious ones. Father, I thank you um, that in each and every single area of our lives, you are God and you are good. Father, I thank you, oh God, that even as we have journeyed through this season of hearing your voice and knowing it and knowing what to do with it and knowing how to navigate your voice, I thank you so much, Father, that you have been kind, you have been gracious, and you have shared yourself with us in new ways. I pray, God, that even as people are exploring, even as our recalibrators are exploring, 
glorifying Father, everything that you have to say to them and the different streams through which you speak to them and what your word has to say to them. Father, I pray that there would be new revelation, new insight, new conviction, new stretching, new growth, new development in every single area of their lives. I pray that it won't be overwhelming, but it will be rewarding. I pray that it won't be overwhelming, but it will stretch them into obedience. I pray that it won't be overwhelming, but Father, it would be the true course of action for their lives. I pray, oh God, that each and every single area that they are trusting and believing you for more, for new, for better. I pray, oh God, that you would begin to um, give them the more, the new, the better in great ways. I pray that you would do the exceedingly and the abundantly more than they could ever think, ask, or imagine in you. I pray, oh God, that you would meet every need according to your uh, your their your riches in Christ Jesus i pray oh god that you would begin to do more for them than they could ever imagine. I pray, God, that you would begin to do greater. I pray, God, that every obstacle, every area that has been hindered, Father, I pray for complete breakthrough. I I pray for a season of continuous back-to-back victories in their lives, Father, even where they... um, even where they have been um, really holding out and their faith may have been dwindling, I pray God for consistent breakthrough to begin to break out in each and every single area of their lives. In the name of Jesus, I thank you that they would be overtaken by your blood, by your love for them. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them as their good father who makes great decisions concerning them and who has a perfect and pleasing will concerning them. I pray that there would be a new revelation and understanding standing of Jeremiah 29 11 in each and every single area of their lives. I pray for rest in you, peace in you, nothing missing, nothing broken in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you, oh God, for each and every single person, even those who may be experiencing torment or uh, spiritual uh, attacks. Father, I pray God for the silencing of the enemy and for the raising of the banner of victory in their lives in the name of Jesus. I thank you. I exalt you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 I absolutely love you all, uh, but more than I could ever love you, Jesus loves you. Um, And I pray that you experience that. Thank you so much for sticking with me in this almost two hour long episode. Um, But yeah, guys, share this with everyone that you know um, and head to our website, have a look around, uh, share something, buy something, donate, sew, whatever it may be. Um, But yeah, get involved guys. The Recalibrate community is strong. It is advancing. It is growing. Um, but we are resting as we do it. Um, but I'll see you guys in season four. Look out for announcements on our page on when we will be back with season four and subscribe to our YouTube in the meantime, because a trailer's coming, um, for all of the good stuff that's coming in season four. I love you. Um, and for the last time in this season of the podcast, peace and love. Mm -hmm.